Workplace injury rehabilitation is a broad term that covers many aspects of care. So in this episode, find out about the most common workplace injuries and how a quality rehabilitation program for work-related injuries benefits both the injured worker and their employer. Joining us for this conversation is Charlie Eberling, a regional outpatient rehabilitation manager at Good Shepherd. This is Transforming Lives and Inspiring Hope, a Good Shepherd Rehabilitation Network podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin White. So, Charlie, to begin here, tell us what made you choose physical therapy as your career path. So I was never one of those kids that knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I kind of was an average student early on, and uh, as I got older, I decided I was going to be one of those cool kids that bought a motorcycle. (laughs) And uh, that is really what set me onto the path of where I am today. About four months after I bought a motorcycle, I was stopped and a drunk driver hit me at a high rate of speed, which changed my life forever. So at that point, I ended up with uh, extensive injuries to my lower leg where I had, in the next seven months, about 16 operations to put me back together. So I spent the better part of a year and a half without walking on that leg because of how much trauma was there with all the muscle grafting and skin grafting. It gave me a different perspective on life. You know, right away I didn't know it, but I didn't know that I was going to get into the field right away after that. But after all the rehab, after doing everything, getting back to normal, getting stronger, and at the time I was only a 19-year-old kid, you know, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to earn money. And then I met who turned out to be my wife. And uh, she, she says, you know, you, should, you can't do manual labor the rest of your life. And at the time, I was moving furniture. I was doing construction. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to go become, a, I'm gonna become an accountant. I, I'm good with numbers. And she says, I think you should do physical therapy. And I looked into it, and it turned out to be exactly what I needed. I can sympathize with the people that come into the clinic. I, you know, I remember those days when it was constant pain when you had uncertainty of what was going to happen the following day, of how you could even plan for the next week because you didn't know how bad things were going to get as far as your day-to-day life. So it it really put me into a different perspective as to what was important and what was fulfilling at the time. And then uh, once I actually went into physical therapy, it became the love of my life. I absolutely, I, I adore what I do. I think it's an amazing thing at the end of the day to go home and feel fulfilled that I did something for someone. The aspect of it with workman's comp, that kind of came from my background of manual labor, where I did a bunch of different manual jobs. I was a mason for the better part of eight years and learned how to how the skill trade works, how I worked with all the plumbers, with the masons, with the carpenters, and kind of figured out what they did, what their lives were like. So it made it a really easy transition for me to be able to get into the work comp field. Gosh, Charlie, what a way to start off the show. It's an incredible story already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a trying time, but it it taught me a lot about myself. Yeah, I mean, those are the things that get us to where we are, right? Well, let's dive into your work. So like you said, you worked in manual labor, and now you work in workplace-related injuries. So what are some of the most common types of work-related injuries that you see now? So we see a wide variety. And in physical therapy in general, you see a very... Uh, distinctive ebb and flow as the year goes on. So certain times of the year in regular therapy, you're going to have your knee replacement people happening. You're going to be having the slips and falls during the winter that end up with rotator cuff injuries. 
the the ebb and flow of workman's comp is much different. You mm-hmm. know, as you get closer to now, as we're getting into the the gift giving season, we're going to end up with more overuse kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the in the last year and a half, we've seen a lot of order pickers, people that are having to go and pull the orders for, say, Amazon or whoever, mm-hmm. whatever company they're working for. They're working with less and less staff, and they're having to work and fulfill those orders still. So you're seeing a lot more of people having the, the shoulder pain, the neck pain, the, the uh, tennis elbow, that kind of stuff coming in from just the high repetition motions. It, the injuries really depend on what industry you're looking at, too. You know, once we get into construction season, at the beginning of the construction seasons, uh, around springtime or so, you'll see a lot of people with, like, crush injuries. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll end up getting their fingers pinched between machinery, or they'll get their, their hand hit with, uh, if they're placing trusses on a roof or something like that. It could be, it could be a totally different, different thing. So that's where it really comes in the need to understand what the demands of each of these places are and what each of these employees go through to make sure that you can really treat what's going to be coming in the in the clinic. Well, you touched on my next question a bit. You know, COVID-19 obviously has changed everything about how we work and live. So how has the pandemic changed the types of injuries that you're seeing? Yeah, I think that goes right back into the last one with the order pickers. You're yeah. having a lot more of that, mm-hmm. uh, the overuse thing. There is the construction trade really didn't take too much of a downturn. So you saw a little bit of it at the beginning of the pandemic, but all the construction trades really came back and they started working really early on. So there wasn't a massive drop in those, but you, what you do see is that the, the workforces are running on skeleton crews. Mm. So you're getting that low back strain from people not having the team lift people there to help them. You're getting the, the overuse, the gripping type activities. Our hand therapy clinic has been very busy with the, with the hand injuries, just from the gripping and squeezing and reaching kind of thing. And then we get, you know, now you'll get the Amazon people or delivery people from any kind of thing where they're getting into more time on the road means more accidents. So you're going to end up having a post-traumatic from MVAs happening as well that you have to treat. So let's talk about the Good Shepherd at Work program now. Where is that offered and what are some of the services? Sure. So Good Shepherd at Work is really a brainchild that came out of the company back at the beginning of 2019, uh, end of 2018. And it, it started out as a thing of, you know, at the time we weren't offering too much care for workman's comp. And it was an aspect of the company that really, or of the injured population really, that needed to be addressed. There was a void there where people just were having difficulty finding places to go. So Good Shepherd itself decided, okay, well, let's look into seeing what we could do here. What, you know, is this something that we can actually offer for people? And that's where I come in. I, my background is workman's comp. I've done it for the majority of my career. And we really pulled together a stellar team. We have a team for the, the work comp committee that includes physicians, our marketing people. We have um, PTs, OTs. We have every spectrum of it that we can to kind of look at it early on when we were first developing the paradigm of what Good Shepherd at Work was going to be. And we really sat down, we had meetings quite frequently, like, okay, well, what what does this uh, portion of it look like? And what does this portion of it look like? And we really hammered out our core values for it, as well as what is our focus? Where do we want, where are we at now? Where do we want to be? So we pulled this team together, and in Good Shepherd, we have 25 locations that we offer any kind of work, injured worker treatment for. And the range of what we treat is is amazing. So we have... Our Stephen, starting at the at the purest form, is our physicians, 
they are doing EMGs for the people that have the, sometimes you'll get with the overuse stuff or, or with any kind of crush or any, any kind of injury, you can end up with some nerve damage. And it's just not, it's hard to, to fix that when you're doing just therapy. You say, okay, well, the person has pain here, but why is that happening? Okay, well, if there's an injury to the nerve, we need to know that. So our physician group does EMGs. We have uh, physicians also that do IME slash IREs, which are like independent medical reviews. If people aren't getting better, sometimes the workman's comp um, case managers will send them into getting a review, just kind of trying to get an idea as to what is what is holding this up, what's making this where the patient can't get better. Why aren't they getting over that hump? And then, you know, we have our PTOT and speech teams as well at all of our locations. We offer one of the big issues out there that we keep seeing is uh, concussions. You know, people having slips and falls or just being not paying attention to what they're doing and, you know, they happen to stand up too fast, hit a rack or something like that. We have an unbelievable team at our main campus that works on concussion injury. And, you know, when people hear of concussion, they say, okay, well, they're, you know, they hit their head, they got a little woozy, but there's so much more to it. You know, you end up having these reactionary issues with post-concussive symptoms with, like, uh, sensitivity to fluorescent lights or getting dizzy or inability to focus correctly. And that, a lot of times you'll, you'll find that where people are just, you know, God, that person's in a daze. But it's not really them being in a daze. It's just their brain is processing information so much differently after a concussion. Sometimes they'll get cognitive delays where they just can't really focus and be able to ex- express what they're trying to say as they did before. So we have that entire concussion team working at things. We have all of our clinics treat just you know, the regular aches and sprains and all that stuff that come along with workman's comp, but it's a different beast altogether to learn the ins and outs of the insurance. Even though the treatment is going to be similar, trying to navigate the insurance companies is much, much different than the regular insurances. So you've got to be aware of you know, who is the payer, who is the employer, who are you working with, and it really is a, is a skill that, that our clinicians have taken to heart to, to really learn as much as they can in such a short period of time in the last two, two and a half years. We can rely on those therapists to make sure that they go from regular treatments to there's something called work conditioning for the people, small portion of the population that might be out of work for six, seven, eight months that the injury itself isn't the only thing that's preventing them from returning to work. It might be that they're deconditioned now, and they might not have cardiovascular ability to be able to go back to do what they were doing. Or they might still have lingering issues where can they go back to that same position, or would they be able to go for a different position within the same company? And that's where they can use work conditioning, which is anywhere between two to seven or eight hours each day, sometimes five days a week, where the person has to come here and replicate job duties to make sure that they can safely go back to their job. And then for a small portion of the population, we also offer FCEs, which are functional capacity evaluations. Those are more intense. They are usually anywhere between four and six hours, and we put them through everything. You want to look at how they can lift, how they can push, how they can pull. Is their dexterity there? Are they following directions? And we have right now six people that are in our network from Good Shepherd that are actually working towards certifications. I can happily say that I am one of six people in the state that's certified through Matheson for functional capacity evals. We have two more that are on their certification route right now. They're, they're waiting for the response so that they have their certification. And then we have three more that are actually working towards their certification as well. And that just makes sure that we, we have the specialty to be able to offer to the patient. Our goal is to get the patient better, to get them better but get them better fast. You know, every every minute that somebody's out of work, you got to make sure that they they can get back whenever they can. 
Well, it sounds like there are many, many people included on this program. So why is this team-based approach, in your opinion, the most beneficial way to attack these problems? So like I said, what, when you have everybody working together and looking at the person as a whole, the, the, the worst thing you could do in therapy is look at somebody as a knee injury mm-hmm. or look at somebody as a shoulder injury. You know, it's a person with a shoulder injury, a person with a knee injury. And every day that they're out of work, they're getting less compensation than they would at, while they're at work. Every day that they're out of work, if they're, if they're not able to drive, so say after a concussion, they're having too, many, too much dizziness, vertigo, they can't drive. Now they're being inconvenienced as well from having to contact somebody to be able to physically get them to a facility to get treatment. It, it just really puts a burden on the person's life. And anybody that's ever had an injury that has taken them more than a couple of days to get better from, they'll notice there's an emotional aspect of every injury. You can see it in everybody that comes in the clinic, that they just kind of get bummed. They're, you know, they're down-spirited. They just mm-hmm. want to go back to normal. You know, it's a normal thing to want to just return to what you were doing. So when we bring all these people together to focus on the patient instead of the injury, it really is focusing on trying to get them some kind of normalcy. So for the patient, there's an aspect of it that really is beneficial for them as far as, okay, we're going to get you less pain. We're going to get you um, back to your normal function. We're going to have you throwing a ball with your kid. We're going to have you go riding a bike for long distances, stuff like that. But then for the employer aspect of it, Workman's Comp in Pennsylvania, um, their their insurance is, their, their, uh, their rate is really determined by how many days out of work they had for injured workers in any set time frame. It could be six months or 12 months or whatever. So for every day that somebody is out of their business and on on injury, their rates are at risk of increasing. So we're trying to save the money for them as far as getting the people back to work as fast as possible and be able to function. There's also an aspect of every job where, and everybody knows this, if you have a team of people that work really well together and everybody has their little role, if you pull one of those people out and try to stick somebody else in new, okay, well, there's now there's something different in that, in that dynamic. And that happens in factories as well, and it happens in, on production lines. It happens everywhere. Now there's a lower production rate associated with that one person being injured, even though somebody else might be just as proficient at doing the job. But how the dynamic works changes, and the productivity takes a little bit of a slip. So for the employer, it's focused on, okay, can we get you back to profitable business, and can we get you back to where you should be? And for the patient, it's, can we get you back to functioning how you should be? Mm -hmm. Can we make sure that you don't have long-term injuries that you're going to have to deal with? Is it, you know, is it something that we have to make accommodations for and teach you how to be able to do a different aspect of your job so that you can have productive income coming in. So you're not just having the accessory issues of being permanently disabled. Mm-hmm. So there's there's different aspects of it that actually benefit both of them. For us as therapists, we just feel good when we get people better too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Charlie, as we wrap up here, sticking with the employer side of things, why should employers prioritize listing quality rehabilitation providers on their workers' compensation panels for employees? Sure. So I can go to the beginning of that, too. So with, with work comp injuries, a lot of times if you look back at some of the people, not, not all the populations, you know, sometimes it is just a natural accident and everything, but when we look at the data, a very large portion of it in 2018, a very large portion of it, and that's when the reporting came out, 
is people that got injured within the first year on a job. And yeah. when they look at that, they say, okay, is that something that the person just wasn't trained correctly? Is it that they had a pre-existing issue? Is it that they are just really trying to show that they show their worth and they're putting themselves out there more than other people? I don't know. They haven't really looked at that in depth enough to know yet, but there is a small percentage of those people from the first year that are injured actually in the first week of employment. And what you look at then is, okay, were they actually doing something incorrectly or were they they injured before they were employed? And that's where something called post-offer employment testing comes in. It's, you know, we shorten it to POET, but a POET, you know, might run on right might run only a couple hundred dollars for somebody to do for a new employee. But what it really does is it looks at, can they do the job, and is there something pre-existing that limits them from that? How, in Pennsylvania, how it works is if you take somebody in and you have them start working, they get injured, it doesn't matter if it was pre-existing or not, you are, are on the hook to pay for the entire plan of care then. So poets are something that, that you can do for relatively inexpensive to be able to make sure that you're getting the candidates that are best suited and best capable to do the job. Then once you actually have somebody employed, if they end up having an injury on the job, which does happen, you know, from simple stuff to big stuff, we have the ability in our company within 48 hours after the doctor seeing the patient to have them in the clinic. Every research out there will show that sooner treatment after injury leads to faster recovery and faster times of getting back to work. That's just known across the board. That's why surgeons are starting to push people to therapy faster after surgery, work comp injuries. They want them in within 48 hours, and we can accommodate that at every one of our clinics. It's just one of those things that if you actually work with providers that know the job, that know what's entailed in the recovery and know what's what's financially involved for the employer too, it helps to kind of be a little bit more focused. We're looking at our end of if we get on somebody's panel, you know that they are gonna, we're going to be available no matter what. Our therapists are going to be available to be able to speak to you about what's going on. Our focus is to get the person back as soon as possible, but also make sure we're giving the person exactly what they need. So it really does, you know, not everybody can just jump in. You know, I can, I can draw stick figures, but I'm never going to draw a very, uh, very exquisite painting. It really <laughs> takes a person that has the skill specific for the job to do it to get the best outcome that you can. And I think that's really what we try to do here at Good Shepherd is, Make sure that we are covering all the bases to give everybody involved, all the stakeholders, us, the employer, the patient, everybody involved, the best quality care that we possibly can. Well, we love to hear about the great work you're doing, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good Shepherd is a destination for transforming lives and inspiring hope. Call 1-888-44-REHAB. That's 1-888-44-REHAB. Or visit us at goodshepherdrehab.org.